Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Cantina Mickey's podcast. Glad to have you with us. We are live on YouTube as we are. Try to be at least every Thursday night. It is Thursday night. It's around 9.30-ish. It's a soft 9.30 start time for the Cantina Mickey's podcast. But we are glad that you are joining us here live on our YouTube. And of course, thank you for those that download this on any of our podcast providers of whatever your choice. We do appreciate you uh, downloading this podcast as well. My name is John Jagu. I'm coming to you live from the banks of a 100% full Lake Travis here on the North Shore at Lago Vista, Texas, in the hill country just outside of Austin. And uh, joining us from luxurious Irvine, California, there in, uh, nestled between the mountains and the ocean, is uh, Joel Aceves. Joel Aceves joins us from California. Joel, ¿cómo estás? Doing good, John. Doing good. Getting ready for um, Apertura 2019 season yeah. set to start on Saturday. Next Saturday. Yes, the 13th. No, next week. This weekend is the Campeón de Campeones. It's the the big one. Am I looking at the femenil again? You must be. You must be. Or the or the um, uh, what is it? Because you know, I check, I check the, I check the Twitter page for well, I, uh, the Liga BBMAMX, and they they'll put a picture of like Jornada Uno. And okay, here it is. I was looking at the sub quince man. I always get confused. It's always like in small letters. See, we're <laughs> trying to provide a public service here, Joel, and you get people all excited. They're thinking, well, wait a second. I thought Liga Mickey starts next week, but but no, no. It, it well, does start do, next week. We do have on Sunday uh, America plays Tigres. The big one, Dutch. Are you, are you, it's, it, it is in your right, right in very close. What about like 40 minutes from where you live, Joel? Where? Where uh, would that Carson? be? Carson? Man, see, and I. Um, yeah, man, I'm fired, John. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be about right. Yeah, about forty depending minutes. Depending on traffic, yeah. Forty forty minutes with no traffic, I would assume, right? Like it's about like twenty miles up the road from you. Yeah, man, should be a See, good I, I game. Know, I, I know my Los Angeles geography, Hoyle. I've been to LA a few times. Yes, sir. Yes, you have. Because I'll tell you, want to know? I know. Well, I've been to LA like three times. I know LA so well because when we went to the Rose Bowl the first time, Texas, and Spanish radio was covering it, it was like a complete surprise to everybody. So we had to thank God LA has more than one airport <laughs> because I, I flew people into every single one of those airports. We had people flying into LAX. We had somebody flying into. Uh, to Long Beach, we had somebody flying into a Burbank. We had somebody Man. flying. Well, wow. you just had to, you just had to get on yeah. a flight, you know. You just and had to get John there. Wayne too by my house. It's we did. We did John do John Wayne. Wayne, and then we also did uh, uh, the the one that's way the fuck out uh, east. Excuse my language. That one, you uh, know it more than me. Ontario. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we went all, and then and then the, the last one was Ontario. We had to drive from Ontario to to Valencia. Uh, is it Valencia? Up north. That's really far, man. Yeah, it was a long way. Going to Magic Mountain. Yeah, it was exactly that. Our, our actually our hotel was right across the street. Anyway, yeah, so, that's, <laughs> uh, so I, I I got to know L.A. and that was also during Christmas time, so the traffic was just you. you I don't have to tell you. Jesus, man. Yes, Abbas. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. It was, Jesus. 
<laughs> it was rough. Gouge, anyway, but, anyway, anyway, so, but yeah, no, so uh, this is really quick because they are playing, but I imagine our fellow Americanistas must be worried because they're going into this game and they've scored like what one goal in three games. Yeah, it's preseason. I'll tell you who should be worried though. Uh, Joel is, is Tigres because they, they've lost two guys with 20 sales. They lost would... uh, Mesa, and they just lost uh, the uh, one of one of the Quinones boys. So they, right. they, have, they have two guys that are down. Yeah, so it's uh, it, they got Guignac. They'll be all right. Well, they also have. I mean, in addition to Gignac, they also have Javier Aquino. Aquino, and, yes, and, and, and Oh, I mean, come on, Joel. <laughs> We need to come up with a really good. Uh, you know what we need is, is like is like Arnold saying something like really really strong or the uh, or the or the the Hans and Franz guys every time we bring up uh, Jurgen Dam. Oh. <laughs> I think, it would, be, I think it, it, it would it would be very yes. appropriate. I have to have to have to I'll have to we'll have to work on that one. We will have to work on that one. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so it'll be uh, that is the 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 uh, campeón de campeones, and then they have the the Liga one, which is Cruz Azul. I think in Necaxa with you know the the uh, the undercard. And of course, they have the premios. Uh, I find it weird that they do the premios the day, but like on the, you know, the day because this is like for last season when you know they're they're awarding guys and you know, okay, it could be on a different team now. Just I always <laughs> thought that was weird uh, when they uh, do their little premios. But you know, it's a little made for TV event. It's kind of cool. You get to see uh, you know guys in suits and uh, everyone uh, get the, you know, do the little speeches. And then, of course, the guy make starts next week. But, but before we get to that, we do want to uh, start the show here, the Cantina Mekis podcast, uh, with uh, with John Jagu and right now with Juan Aceves, who joins us from beautiful Irvine, California. Is uh, getting to get a, a little a little of the Gold Cup and and, and uh, more importantly, like like the fallout after the Gold Cup. You know, what were the what was the 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 prevailing mood from from both camps, both the U.S. And, and Mexico, you know, with the fans and the and the media and the pundits and the players and everything else uh, after after the game, which was one one zero by by Mexico on a on a goal by you know, Jonathan dos Santos in the seven, in the seventy third minute. So another another dos Santos brother uh, sinks the the U.S. in a in a, in a gold cup final, the third dos Santos goal Joel, in a in a in a, in a in a gold cup final, you know. And, and well, this one was what eight years from Gio's twenty eleven. Right, and then Gio had also scored in in, in two thousand nine as well. So but the anyway, third, anyway. But, yeah. So so Joel, so so uh, you know you know Jonathan comes off as you know as as kind of a you know for him really like like a sweet vindication because he is if there's anyone who's had a, a just a star crossed career with with the national team it's. Uh, it's Jonathan. I mean, you know, in, in the youth, you know, there'd be a thing where they'd like they'd cut him at the last minute and they'd take him there. Oh, by the way, you can't wear anything of national team related when you get back on the plane. So like they basically leave him like half naked. I'm, I'm being, you know, you know, a, a figurative half naked on the on the, on yeah, the train was, pier. That was one of the more bizarre stories I had heard mm-hmm. when they were in the airport and they tell him yeah. that he was cut and he needed to return his. Uh, his you gear, know. yeah, yeah, and he was wearing some of. It. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Take yeah. your trainers off. Very bizarre, very bizarre. So then, and and, and you know, in 2010 is is the last guy cut. Now you know the 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 
fans will want to make you think that he was cut for, for Bofo, but, uh, that's just not the case because, uh, it was, it was between him and Israel Castro and Aguirre, for whatever reason, decided to go with, uh, with Israel Castro instead. And, uh, you know, that was that. Uh, but it was never for, it was never for both. So, and, and of course, you know, the whole way that Cicino's dad reacts to the Jonathan will never play for the national team again. And everyone was worried about it. It was just a big mess. It was a, and, and frankly, a bad move by Aguirre. That, that's, you know, a, a lot of, you know, as you know, Joel, uh, it, it's not just a matter of putting the team together for the field. It's like you want to put the team together for everything. And, and, and having Jonathan there would have been. Was he one of the players cut from the, from the Copa America? Well, I, know, yeah, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. Yeah, he was, he was. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Hoy, you're 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 jumping the gun here. Let's see, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so so he gets he, he's on 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 Mexico's U23 team, and you know, and of course, this is all all while he was, you know, at, at Barcelona, where you know, other than the fact that he just happened to have, you know, the two greatest midfielders in how many generations playing playing in front of him, so there's no way he was ever going to see the field. Uh, you know, aside from that little that little wrinkle in his professional career, he was actually pretty easy. He probably, you know, at, at that time could have played anywhere he wanted, but he wanted to stay in Barcelona, and, and, and who can blame him, you know, to be able to at least watch and learn from those guys. And so he finally gets his chance to, you know, they, they, they're they not going anywhere. Those guys, he goes to Villarreal, he, he starts playing, he starts playing well. He gets called up to the U23. You're thinking, wow, this is going to be pretty good. They, they, they beat Ecuador in Quito 2-0. He and Marco Fabian are like Two peas in a pod. They they link up really well together, and then you know he uh, gets his iPad stolen, and como pendejo calls the 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 cops. Say hey, these people that that weren't supposed to be murdered in the first place stole my stuff. <laughs> I mean, not the not the uh, not the smartest move on his part. So he ends up getting, like you said, he ends up getting cut. You know, and the funny—I was thinking about this. If that doesn't ha- if that doesn't happen, Hood, if that doesn't happen, I'm going I'm to ask you a very a very important question, a question that is going to really make you ponder. If 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 the hooker thing doesn't happen in Quito, do we even hear about Hector Herrera? Yeah, I, I think we would. It would have been it would have been one of those things where they're both. Competing for a spot, uh, and we've had some of that before, back with um, Oswaldo and Ochoa. Just when you have two really good, yeah, but they were the same players. Age. They were the same age. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that would have that would have made it probably more intense. I mean, because because Hector Herrera, you know, he he came out of nowhere in the Preolimpico. You know, people people like yeah, they this you know keep an eye on this guy. The the, the Pachuca people say he's pretty good. It comes out of nowhere, and uh, and and then does does well there, and he does well in in Toulon uh, along with Marco Fabian, and then you know he after the Olympics he's a he's a he's a fixture on the national team, you know, and Yona at this time again, you know, aside from that, that he you know he 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 tears his ACL, so he's out for, you know, he's he's out for the rest of the cycle essentially because he's just not going to be ready in time. Yeah, so he, he misses out on a World Cup, and he probably you know, and and then it just it just it just never happened for him. In, in that cycle, it just was never was was never part of the process. And uh, and then in 2015, he gets the the opportunity uh, under under Piojo, and he does really well at the 2015. I mean, outside of Guadalajara, he was Mexico's best player, and he was Mexico's best player at the Confed Cup in 2017. I thought, and I thought he was a shoe in to go to a really 
a really good team and start immediately. And you know, for whatever reason, that didn't happen either. So uh, yeah, for, for for him to get this goal under 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 Tata, who knew him in Barcelona, uh, well, he, he coached he coached uh, Yona when he was at Barca. So so he knew he, he knew him pretty well. And, and he, uh, you know, I think the best part about this whole thing is that the, the that Tata Martino you know has found the formula to to really show us how Jonathan Santos can 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 play because I think he's he's, he's he's at least for Mexico he's played the best he's ever played for them. Yep. Yeah, who would have thought they would have reunited? You know, it could have been that one-off where they just he just happened to coach Barca. Yeah. You know, because then because then they they sort of followed the same path with Tata also coming to MLS. Right. Uh, well, it was at Atlanta, and uh, and Jonah to the Galaxy, and then they both end up in the Selección. So yeah, you know, the, Cosmos the, aligned right there, John. I will say that a lot of people who uh, back at the time knew a little, you know, uh, know the sport a little more than more than uh, than I do. Back then, you know, especially guys in Europe said that they said, you know, they're both really good players. Giovanni and Yona are both really good players. So jo- Giovanni's better right now, but but uh, they said the guy who's going to have a better career is going to be is going to be Jonathan. Uh, because he said that, that that he just plays a position where he's going to have much more longevity, which I guess kind of makes sense. But uh, no, it, it, it really has been uh, uh, just uh, I've just been really happy for him that he's been he's been kind of a you know he's been given this chance to to be a little bit more of a of, of a playmaker and he's and he's jumped at the opportunity and he, and, and he's played really well. He uh, he's uh, he knows how to as they say pisar laria. Yeah, he's going to be a good asset heading into the World Cup qualifying. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Now, over here in this country, in the United States, I was uh, I was I had the opportunity to listen to uh some uh some radio and 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 uh, some other podcasts, you know, to get a get, get a more of a US perspective. And uh it was it's interesting because you know, outside of just soccer writers and, you know, you know, folks that, 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 that follow the sport uh, for a living and, uh, you know, the ones that, that, that report on the, on sport, it really uh, d- didn't register all that much outside of that. I mean, obviously with, with, with the Women's World Cup uh, was, uh, you know, for, that's where all the, uh, excuse me, most of the national uh, folks were. We're in France covering that, which is understandable. And, you know, Joel, I was thinking about this. Um, if in any other country, if if you lose a, a, a cup final in your in your own country, you know, that is headline material on every newspaper in every city. And here, it, it, you know, just barely makes like the third page of the sports section. Yeah. It barely make a bleep. Yeah, and it is it is really unfortunate that that's the case. Now I know that the women's World Cup victory had you know was splashed across headline you know on on the front page of newspapers all over the country. As you know, as but but my question is, if uh, if, if the women hadn't won the World Cup, uh, or if they weren't in the final, would 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 uh, would the 
newspaper coverage be to say, well, they still have, hey, this is who won the Women's World Cup final? No, <laughs> no. It would have, they would have thrown some salt on the U.S. loss. Uh, unfortunately, and, and I hate to see this because it's just very recent where news outlets are making everything, you know, political. And, and we saw it with ESPN where the ratings dropped because they would start talking about politics. And, and I think it's part of what happened with the U.S., the whole Raponi, I don't know how you say her name, Rapion, um, you know, with her comments, her, her F the White House and all that. Uh, and I think that just brought more, more media attention. And then with the U.S. winning, that just made it even more, more of the sweeter to, to, uh, you know, to juice up the clicks. Exactly. And right. I think all that, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they, so yeah, they, we just, it was, there was there were other motivations other than other than covering the, they, you know, they the should have, sport and the game. Beer halter, beer halter should have like the the U.S. coach. He should have like, you know, he, he could have stolen the spotlight. He just needed to make the right, uh, you know, set the right stuff during the presser. Like this is for the wall or something like that. <laughs> just right. piss people off, and uh, yeah, and just change. Change, change the whole thing and everyone will be thinking about that and not really care so much about the match. Right. Well, luckily for, for everybody's sake, he did not do that. He did. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Berhalter, I gotta tell you, I was, uh, you know, I think that that was where most of the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, you know, as, as usually is the case. Um, most most of the blame was 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 placed squarely on on, on his shoulders, but uh, you know I I have to think you know I really can't really necessarily blame uh, Burhalter because his strategy I thought was was pretty sound was 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 to you know if if you're gonna you know get them early, you know get because you know in 2002 how how did the U.S. get Mexico? They got them early. Remember it was like in that seventh yeah. minute or whatever it was it was it was it was a quick it was a quick one. Yeah. And, it- Go ahead. No, no, I'm saying he's tasked with with a pretty, you know, tall order here where it's a squad that not only are you rebuilding it, but also, um, you know, you have to see having that they failed to qualify. So, I mean, you're working, you're working with a lot here, you know. Like uh, as far as like not just rebuilding it, but bringing back more confidence. Uh, they're showing the replay right now on Fox Sports One. It's the fiftieth minute. Well, and, hey, let me uh, fire this, up the old comfy box here. And uh, Guardado just saved, and I forgot about that. Guardado just saved the Max, and it was zero zero at this point. You know, Guardado had a really bad game offensively, but he more than made up for it for that header on the line. Yeah. He took, and I forgot that he cleared one right there. So, I mean, yeah, the U.S. was unfortunate. Uh, and they played a mix with, with some really, some really, um, you know, talented and, and also talented veterans. I mean, having, having Ochoa back there, just all the experience he has. El Principe as well, Guardado right there, just being at the right place. Uh, I think that that tilted the game in in Mexico's favor. 
No, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and again, you know, the fact that they, that they didn't get the goal uh, early, you know, it, it just seemed like uh, you know maybe the the better. He's a goalie in, in both halves. Right. Yeah. No. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it happens. You know. That's. That's. You know. That's. Yeah, you know, I had a, I had a yeah. friend who uh, was like, "Well, if, if if you know if A if A happened, then B happened, and C happened, then the U.S. would win." I was like, "Dude, that's three things. Come on, vamos." Yeah. Well, John, and also like like you know, as as Mexico fans, how many times did we not see Mexico lose games like these against like Argentina or like you know England or what have you, where where Mex just came out guns blazing, had a few shots, and then the the other team just took made the best of their opportunity and and then just okay so you know. so, so something really important just happened in the, in, in this replay Hoen, that, that I don't think has gotten as much uh, play as Attention. I thought it was. Uh, yes the, uh, the, the 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 quote unquote handball on uh, on uh, on Edson uh, on that on that on that same Guardado play the, uh, a U.S. player took a you know, after the ricochet took a shot on goal and it bounced off Edson and it hit him in the arm. But you know, and and they say, well, how why is that? You know, they've been calling handballs out there. Why is that not a handball? Here's the here's the difference. Is it his body, his hand, arm was attached to his body, and it was part of the quote unquote silhouette of his body. So so if, if you're if the ball strikes you, and if you're in that position, they're not going to call it. They're going to call it every time if 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 you're if you're if your arms are away from the silhouette of your body. If, if 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 they're not a part of your person, if they're, if they're out dangling, they're going to call it every time, whether you, whether it was intentional or not, and that's the difference. But uh, anyway, so I just wanted because I just wanted to clarify that that's why they didn't call it. And it would, and I would have said the same thing if you know if it would happen you know to a, a Mexico player in the U.S. I'm not just saying it because I'm a I'm a homer, but uh, that's just that's just the interpretation of the rule. Así son las cosas. Anyway, so it was the uh, it was Burhalter's uh, substitutions that, uh, that 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 people were 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 flummoxed with. You know, apparently they had a, you know a couple of guys that you know some difference makers that could have gotten gotten a goal. You know, got, got, gotten uh, and uh, for whatever reason he didn't use them. So a lot of people were criticizing his uh, his substitution pattern. Said that it was it wasn't aggressive enough for 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 this game. Yeah, it's it's it, it, like you said, easier said than done. And you're looking at a Mexico team that if you're not careful, you know, they'll they'll punish you. Uh, the team had not been looking good, but the quality's there, man. You know, be it be it Pizarro or or Raúl Jiménez. Right. There's just enough. Mex had enough players all around that that yeah, if if they would have capitalized on a mistake or taken advantage, uh, especially with a coach like Tata. And, and um, which was one thing I liked about, like, during the, you know, halftime, he did the necessary changes, you know, to, 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 uh, Tata's been around. Yeah, to improve uh, Mexico. Cause, cause, you know, I, this is now, you know, I'm watching the replay 55 minute. And so by this point, Mexico has already has complete control of the match, and they're just, you know, looking at stuff. So he was running around like crazy, trying to trying to recover, trying to trying to get the ball back, 
DMX ya no, ya no se la va a prestar. Uh, they're going to run them down, which eventually is what we see with the U.S. players tiring out. Right, because they, you know, they, their, their initial push, in my opinion, I think went on a little too long. I think that after 15 minutes, if it doesn't happen, you need to back that up. You know, yeah. To do it again, but, but, you know, if you're, if you're going to do 30 minutes of that, you know, give it a 15 minute rest and then, and, and do the last 15 minutes, you know, all, you know, crazy hell bent out of shape. Yeah. No, it, I completely agree. It was that, but I, and I would add to that just Max passing game where they, they just had the U.S. chasing right. for large stretches at a time. And, um, they didn't know how, cause, um, and I think probably, um, you see teams like Italy where you could take the ball from them and they'll just sit back. <laughs> they won't chase you around. I say, okay, when you're ready, when you're ready to attack, let us know. Uh, right. Yeah. So, but I mean, the U.S. was, was, I think, trying to, uh, not let Mexico have enough time on the ball. Now, I know, you know, and for good reason, just because of, of the overall, Tactical and technical of the Mex players is, is that much better. So, so they knew that they just couldn't, couldn't allow a team like that to have possession for so long. It's uh, hard, hard to argue with that, with that point as well. And, uh, you know, and of course the, the, the biggest difference in the game was that, was that uh, on the chance that Mexico had, they were able to convert and, and the U.S. had two big chances and they were not able to convert. And uh, you know, that's not always going to be the case. It just happened to be the case on that night. Oof. Oof. <laughs> oof. Oof. So, Joel, we uh, had the, the Gold Cup end not not 48 hours after after the Gold Cup ends, CONCACAF announces smartly by them, by the way, because it's like still still, uh, you know, hot people's mind uh, of how they're going to do World Cup qualifying. And uh, it's going to be based on uh, two factors. The, 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 there are two competitions. Right? The first is going to, they're, they're just going to straight up have a hex. And it's going to be the six highest ranked teams in the, uh, in the region, in the confederation. And that's going to be based on the, the FIFA rankings in June of 2020. So that's the race now. Is, is you know who who wants to be in the in, in the hex? Who doesn't want to be in the hex? Because the remaining 30. I forget. I think it's how many teams is it? Uh, I want to say it's 29. Well, whatever the number is, are going to be uh, divvied up into groups, and and out of, out of those eight groups. Uh, the group winner will then go into a quadrangular, a tournament where the winner of this of this 18 tournament will play the fourth place team for the right to so it's, it's like a repechaje for the repechaje. So uh, you know a, a mixed uh, mixed review, uh, Joel. Uh, you know one basing it on the FIFA ranking is one thing. Uh, the reality is, Joel, is that. Uh, you know, time is, uh, is is running out. They had to come up with something because it has to start pretty quick. The last uh, World Cup qualifying started uh, the fall after the uh, 
the Gold Cup in 2015. So now it's going to be, it's going to start uh, in uh, the fall of 2020. So it's going to, they're going to be one year down the road, and that's when that's when the hex is going to start for the top six teams, and then and then these other teams are going to be playing the group thing. So the the top three teams right now, Joel, I think, are don't have to worry about uh, not making the hex because I think that there's it's Mexico, the U.S., and Costa Rica, and then there's like a like a twenty team difference. Uh, <laughs> point difference to the next team. Yeah, so it's pretty safe to say that those three teams will be on the hex. Right. I, I sort of like the old format. You know, well, I don't mind Mexico playing that mini group. Well, that is what the nation, so the Nations League, Joel, is basically going to turn into a race to get to get better positioned for To get better positioned for this this June 2020 uh, date, that is going to determine uh, you know the the hex or this other uh, tournament. So let's see. So Mexico's 18, USA's 30, Costa Rica's 39. Oof, that is. Uh, That is not good. No, yeah. sir. No, it is not. Jamaica. So Jamaica is next at 54. So And then after that, Honduras 61. And Salvador 69. So between Costa Rica 39 and then sixth spot is 69. So I think Costa Rica was, uh, would, would, would definitely be safe. But those are going to change because Honduras and El Salvador were eliminated from uh, the Gold Cup. So some other teams that uh, otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten some extra points are going to get some extra, like like the, the Curacao's and the Hades. Uh, Hades probably should uh, make make a big jump by making the semifinals. Canada should make a jump. So it's uh, but my question to you, Joel, is do does Canada want to play? Do they want to play the hex where they're basically going up against three teams for 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 a spot or do they want to uh, take their chances playing, you know, do, do, doing the group thing where they're in all likelihood going to make, make, make the quarterfinals. And then, you know, they have six games that are going to be much more uh, winnable to, to, to get a chance than, than the 10 games that they would would have in the, in, in the hex where maybe they only have, you know, three or four winnable games tops. Yeah, no, you want to go for the wins. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. So if 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 I'm IT, Canada, Curacao, even I'm not, I'm not sweating on making the hex, which which unfortunately you know goes entirely against the narrative that we were driving during the World Cup. <laughs> the hex is going to be great. It's going to be so what? competitive. Interesting you bring up Haiti and Canada. Uh, and we were talking about how, especially like how Canada has been, has been working on their program. And one can assume Haiti is doing the same. And uh, one thing that was just released recently was the draw for the under-17 
2019 FIFA World Cup to be held in Brazil. Right. And I had not paid attention to this, but uh, but both Canada and Haiti are there. Canada is uh, is in Group A with Brazil, New Zealand, and Angola. Um, Haiti is with Group C, Korea Republic, France, Chile. Mexico is Group F with the Solomon Islands, Italy, and Paraguay. And then the U.S. finishes the CONCACAF representation uh, in Group D with Senegal, Japan, and the Netherlands. And, uh, yeah, we cannot expect a lot of players to come out of that. Sometimes you get one or two at most. But it still says, still says that, um, you know, it's something to be said, that these teams are working their programs and they're doing a, a good job of it. Right. Yeah, especially if you're high T with no presence, all of a sudden you're in the Gold Cup, you're getting far and you're you're qualifying to the under seventeen, you know, so it's it's things are looking good for them. It does and uh so I mean I, I, again you would then Joel you would you would go for the uh the the the, the one off, the quarters, the semis Etc. You know, to 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 get to that spot, and instead of going into the X, I'm would, but I'm I'm old-fashioned like that, John. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I always just like that whole rounds, doing the round things. So you wanted the round first before before getting to the hex. Yeah. Well, see, well, here's 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 the difference, Joel. Is it, uh, you know, when when they had that quadrangular, there was. I forget how many went, went through. If it was one or two, but there were there were teams that they knew they had no chance to make it out. Now those teams have a chance. No, that's true. In in that you know, in that sense, it, it's better for the region. You know, I was just going for what I personally like. You but know, yeah, you, you do. What, what what happens if 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 Mexico ends up fourth in the in, in the hex? So they play this 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 first repechaje, and they have to go up against. You know. Uh, Someone that that's not necessarily really comfortable, like Honduras. Let's say, what if Honduras could get very hairy? Oh yeah, yeah, that could be it. But um, uh, just Mex, they're gonna have to go through really hard times. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, too far too far from their perch. Yep, I mean, it always happens. It's uh, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, and you said you know that Jonathan is going to be very instrumental in uh, in qualifiers. Mexico is going to have an experienced team in qualifiers. I mean, they're going to have a bunch of thirty somethings in the qualifiers, sprinkling some other guy. They they need them. You know, you know, qualifiers are to me are sometimes are harder than the the, the World Cup games themselves. You know, and it's not necessarily because of the quality of player. You know, it's just it's just a it is a different animal. And there's just, it's just a, just a, a different dynamic involved, and it just seems like that there's a lot more tension in a, in, 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 in a qualifier than there is in a World Cup game for Mexico. Anyway. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, especially the group that you're drawn in. Sometimes you could get drawn in, and uh, you know. 
You have a group that's not that difficult. Right. So, well, we should uh, we should move on then. So, uh, I think we're both in agreement that uh, you know it's uh, I think ultimately it's going to make the uh, the qualifying a little bit more uh, entertaining. And there's going to be uh, you know for 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 for, for t- teams that would otherwise have never even dreamed of having a, having a chance that they're going to qualify for the World Cup uh, that, that that is that has opened up for a bunch of teams for for. Uh, for Concacaf, so that should be uh, that should be pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, and, and the more we see these teams play, the more uh, fans won't be so so down on them, you know. Sort of like Panama before it was like whatever, you know. But they've been in these past years. Panama has just been present in all these tournaments, so all of a sudden. Uh, as fans, we don't take them as lightly as before. Right. You know, obviously people, uh, you know, respect, uh, you know, Jamaica a lot more, respect Trinidad and Tobago a lot more. Uh, I think, I think Curaçao is earning that. ID is definitely earning it uh, with, 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 with how well they played in the, uh, in the gold cup. And uh, yeah, so it's going to, what's going to ultimately happen is that there's going to be, there's going to be uh, 14 teams that are going to have a realistic chance of making the, uh, of making the world cup. Uh, for for Concacaf, which I think is uh, probably a, a little bit better of a of a representation of what the what the area can do. So, yeah, and you know what? It's a very diverse. This is the thing, and and, it, and I'm gonna say it, Yon. Concacaf is wait, like the. Hang on, do I need to do I need to get ready for for something? Are you are you dropping a bomb, Hoyle, or? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Uh, it just doesn't get talked a lot because it's it's always easier to just uh, put the league, put the league, to put the to put the uh, federation, to put the region down. Right. So, but so hit me. This hit me. is a very diverse confederation where where um, you got all these different styles from Latin American, you know, of like the Mex and and the the Honduras is to a more like European style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying because of of the different teams and, and, and how they're made up of you you do see like these these differences. No, it, it definitely has uh just just because uh, you know as you mentioned the uh uh the the panorama of the of the confederation you know, from being you know as high up as the arctic to you know as you know as as close as the equator so yeah the styles of play are going to be very different uh, they're just a different makeup a different uh physio you know some teams are going to be uh not as you know some teams are going to be you know big and strong and other ones aren't going to aren't going to be as strong but it'll be a little bit more technical yeah it's a uh, it it is uh it is definitely a fascinating mix you know and 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 I'm happy for the for the for the uh the more of the island nations cuz you know they 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 should get a chance to to you know have a have a more realistic chance of, of making it now they again you know they're going to whittle uh, I want to say it's at 31 I forget what it is but down to down to 8 but there's going to be teams that are playing games and you know a year before the world cup that 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 have meaning that that have never been in that position before and that's pretty cool. 
you know, not everyone's going to win those games, obviously. But you know, at least at least they're getting the opportunity and the experience to play in a game like that, and that will uh, that will make the uh, the the, the confederations because uh, you know, unfortunately for Mexico and for the U.S. and Costa Rica and Honduras, everybody else, you're really not going to get a chance to play anybody else that much other than people in your confederation with the Nations League and uh, qualifying. Especially between now and the World Cup, I mean, with qualifying, your Ficha FIFAs are, are qualifying. Period. So we'll see how it uh, how it turns out. But I, but I do think it's going to be it's going to end up being very exciting. It's gonna, I think it was a good move uh, overall. I think we'll see it as a, as as a good move and a and a very equitable move for the for the whole confederation, and giving them that chance, just like the chance that, that Jonathan dos Santos just put in Joel on the replay here. Seventy-two minutes. Yes. Very nice, Golazo. Um, yeah, and he had the group hug, the whole team hugging it out. Well, you got to have the tata. The, the, the tata hug is the is is uh, the group hug that that really matters. Joel, uh, time to talk. Liga Mekis. So we got we we got we got one more week to go. One more week. One more week. Chivas make make a move by signing uh, Omar Briseño. So they bring, they're bringing a, they're bringing a boy home back to Guadalajara, even though he was. Now, do Atlas fans or do will, will they just like turn on him in disgust for for playing for playing with or or, or, or isn't isn't Chivas known for for, for yeah. fucking some Atlas guys? No, they 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 shouldn't care. I mean, Omar Bravo did help. He did help um, Atlas when they were in the relegation fight. Right. And Thomas Boy was their coach. That's right. And I don't know if Boyo was with them at that point. Could have been. No, he was probably at Tigres because uh, yes, remember Tigres. For, for for about five years, uh, Atlas was 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 Tigres's filial. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, we're just speaking of filial. They are now pretty much being run by Grupo Orlegi. And I think if you're Atlas, that's, that's what you're more concentrated on. What's this new management going to do? Uh, let's see. And I was expecting a bit more, you know, in the transfer area, but I haven't heard anything that, you know, any big movement for Atlas to say, you know, you know what I mean. I'm not saying they're doing a bad job, but I was just thinking they're gonna bring in some 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 big names or whatnot. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that uh, how the how that plays out. So, so is this is this finally gonna be the the key that unlocks the that unlocks the, the, the safe for, for Atlas. Are they, are they going to finally break through with, with, with Grupo Orlegi? Is, is this, do Atlas fans fi- finally have that, that the itty-bitty glimmer that, 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 that they've been in the darkness for as long as they have? Yeah. Well, they you know, see a flicker? Do they see a little flicker? I, they should. I mean, if Grupo Orlegi does, you know, the, the same they've been doing at Santos, and and one thing that Grupo Pachuca has shown us, you don't really need to have, you know, the type of money that the FEMSAs 
and the Semex have to to build a, a good competitive and winning squad. Uh, it just takes a, some time, you know, to get there. But but at last, if it's anything that they have, uh, it's patience. Uh, so I think that that one thing that they want is, is someone that's gonna be. Um, God damn, I forgot the word I was looking for here. Just serious about it, you know, to be serious about about what they're doing with the club. Uh, because when Teve Teve Azteca took over, I think they put as president some guy that would know like with no experience. So you know? what, Tele, what Televisa used to do with America. Here's so and so's uh yeah, yeah, sobrino. He needs a job. Yeah, exactly. Give him. This will look good in his resume. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was just Atlas made a mess of it, and um, Atlas, I mean Tebasteca. But Atlas, yeah, it's a very pretty popular team, so I think uh, they could make more money than what they make with Santos. Hmm. You know, I, would know, I, I make fun of I make fun of Atlas a lot on the on the, on our Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't do that because, you know, one of these days it's gonna, you know, it, it, it's, it, you know, I, I do believe in karma. I think that, you know, you know, maybe oh, punishment's gonna be gonna do something to Pumas. Maybe after that's beating Pumas in the league or something. I just, I just oh, know it's, it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah, final. Oh no, God, dang. I haven't been that mean. Come on. Okay. <laughs> maybe in the quarters. Or, maybe you know, in the quarters. You know, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll accept a semi. Yeah, but in the final, no. That's, no. And, and you know, I'll tell you, Atlas has that, you know, they got like that mystique, I will say, where they could, they could draw more fans, uh, you know, because Pachuca hasn't been able to do it. Neither has like, like Santos or even Leon where, where these, even Toluca where they do good and, and not many people follow them despite, you know, They'll go on a winning bench, and and their fan base just won't grow, you know. Right. Uh, there's very few teams. Uh, Cruz Azul has it. Pumas has it. You know, obviously America, Chivas, and I think Atlas Atlas could very well have that, uh, but it remains to be seen. You know, it it's, remains to be seen. But it's funny you mentioned Cruz Azul because uh, I was at the, uh, the there was a Socio Max. I was I was the t- the TV coordinator. For a socio Max game in San Antonio, so I was, I was on, I was on uh, on the field for, for the game, and it's in San Antonio. You think, oh, it's you know Monterrey, Cruz Azul. It's a, it's a, it's a friendly. This is this is a Rayala country, man. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be, you know, eighty percent Monterrey fans. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. This was this was in San Antonio, and it was easily eighty percent Cruz Azul fans. I mean, they came out of the woodwork for this one, and they sold it out. <laughs> wow, yeah, so Cruz Azul is absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if they start winning, you know, start winning a couple of championships here and there, then yeah, you 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 will see, you know, kind of like how fans, you know, didn't or didn't really admit that they were America fans when they were doing so poorly from uh, two thousand, was it two thousand five to two thousand thirteen, where they didn't win a title. Yeah, it was rough and, times for yeah. them. And uh, yeah, and, and then all of a sudden they, you know, Piojo wins the one uh, in penalties against Cruz Azul, and I mean they just. You know, like a, they they just they came out of came out of nowhere. Uh, all these America fans. Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I was like, oh, 
you know, this is news. You know, who, who knew you were an America fan? Who, who, who had any idea? <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, it, it, it is, uh, it, it is a little baffling. So you, you think Atlas then Hoyle is going to be one of those teams? I mean, if they find any, any kind of success or do you think the people are going to? Yeah, gonna... I think they will get more fans. I, I do think they have like, they have a good name. They have the right look, you know? Right. Uh, and I do think, uh, if they were to have the type of success that Santos has, I do think their fan base would grow. Yeah, I could. Uh, I could. I could certainly see that happening with. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you remember during um, right after Bielsa left and La Volpe came in, and you know they played that final against Toluca, but they were they would also play. They played really good in Libertadores. And a lot of people would watch those games. I even went to watch a few of them because, you know, it was an exciting team the way they played. Um, and they had Marquez. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Vaguely. Right there. <laughs> well, see, it was, it, was, it was hard for me to watch. Uh, ah. Because, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't. Uh, back then, we only had, we only got one game a week. Because that was just, it was just the game was on Univision. See, I didn't live in LA where you have all those all those fancy channels. I know, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Spoiled, I was spoiled, oh, rotten. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was, and I remember I would I would sometimes I'll go to to um to this friend's house and they would be watching Atlas games. No, and they weren't they weren't Atlas fans, but the team, you know, because the team played good, they would watch him. And I do think that's that's a bit kind of what's happening now with. With Tigres Monterrey, just right. because they have they have really good players and and they're playing in finals, uh, so I, I do expect these two teams to to also um, you know already to be amongst the maybe not historically but result wise grandes. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to keep an eye on this Joel because, uh, you know, last last season in, in Jornada Dos of the of the Apertura 18 season, you astutely pointed out to your to your fellow your uh, your 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 fellow Chivarmanos that, that, that this was in Jornada Dos, folks of of, uh, of last year of, of the Apertura last year. You 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 said. Chivas fans go out on loan for this for this season because the season is already done for Chivas. There's there's no point in watching. It's just going to make you mad. So so <laughs> go support another team for a season, and then and then a mid season we'll decide you know whether or not we want to we want to want we want to bring you back. And uh, I have to admit, I mean, you know, they had a, they did not have a good season. They're they're now and they're now involved in a in a in a, in a you know, I, I use the term relegation loosely, you know, you know, air quotes, relegation fight. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, now, now you're telling me, you know, I might want to keep an eye on Atlas and I'm, I, I have to pay attention to it. I have to pay attention. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's and, you know, like, even though I was saying about about the transfers, uh, that's also the other thing where you have to be smart in Liga MX, knowing when to buy the players. Because there are some seasons when nobody's selling, anything's gonna cost three times 
right. the market value. And then you get through some some seasons where it's like teams go on a shopping spree. Uh, so I think uh, I think they're being smart about that as well. Part is like just not going overly all crazy. I, I do think they got one or two players. Uh, Atlas, but so, I would so, have to check. So Atlas is your is it, are they are they are they a dark horse for you? Are they, are they no, not yet. No, because no, dark, I, no dark horse status yet. I, you know, I've always been interested when teams are like in a rebuilding phase, and I'd like to see how they go about it. You know, you're, you're seeing uh, they're laying down the foundation there. Right. Yeah, so that's that's what we're watching right now, where what Grupo Orlegi is doing with this team. Um, you know how 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 slowly they're going to improve it. Hmm. You know, it feels like it feels like you might you might be having you, you might have a moment with uh, with with Atlas. Maybe the. Uh, could it be possible, Joel, that, that Atlas might might tempt you? No, no, I, no, no. Uh, but but I do want him to be better because they're rivals with Chivas, and that's a rivalry that's been pretty stale. You know. Uh, you know that rivalry could could end up being. You know, if Atlas gets good, it, it, it could end up being uh, probably the the second best rivalry in. Uh, in in Liga Mexican and 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 it could rival the, the Norteño for the best derby. And well, and you know what? For a for a while, and I'm going like early two thousands. One of the good things about this rivalry was that it was basically a Canterano matchup. Right. And these these were players that had already been playing each other since like the youth divisions. So you would have a Chivas Atlas, and and Atlas would have at least five players or six that had come through the youth ranks and Chivas as well back then, back when Chivas knew how to make players. Um, and, and so you could just see, you know, you could just see how the rivalry was, how much more it meant to them. Well, let's hope for, for, for Chivas fans sake that, uh, that the uh, that the tapatio becomes uh, a little bit more flavorful because in the last one was it didn't Alex, Alexis Vega get a hat trick? He did. He did get a hat trick, and uh, <laughs> those were like the only goals he scored for. The like, only goals he scored in game. <laughs> for three goals for, like, for months. All against Atlas. <laughs> they were, yeah. Um, so they they brought in a portero from. Uh, Oh, he was in Primera. Never mind. <laughs> so, so do you find it ironic, uh, Juan, at all, that uh, that Giovanni could 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 be making his debut of, of, of at of all places, the whatever they call it, I call it the Home Depot Center. <laughs> that would be ironic. That would be ironic, John. At the home, at the depot. I don't think it's called. Isn't it the Dick Sporting Good? No, it's like it's like some insurance company uh, place. Okay, so it was it was a Home Depot, and then yeah, um, and it was the StubHub Center. 
That's right, the stub hub, I forgot. And now it's like this the something it's got like the longest name on the planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's not it's not about you know, as as evidenced by the fact that, that I no one can remember remember the name of it. It uh very interesting for for Mr. Giovanni there to uh get going. Yeah, well, who knows? Because people thought he was going to play against Pumas, but he did not. Oh, there was he did no not, against Pumas. He did not get that start. Uh, he did yeah, not get that game. And he ain't going to be ready. You know, he ain't going to be ready for ninety for at least a month. So he might not. So I mean, if you're Piojo and you are under pressure to bring that Copa de Campeones, you need to start filling in the vitrina at Coapa. Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play him again. Not that it matters, but I do think that uh, that America ends up winning that game against Tigres. You don't. You don't think uh, the Tucan wants it? I think Tuca could care less. Did you read a uh, Memo Choa's quote about when when Tuca was the uh, the interim coach? Yeah, he... but uh, that was yeah. But that's, that's different. I mean, because Tigres, he's going into his last year. He's going up until 2020. Uh, so he's going to retire soon. I mean, I would think he would want as many, as many cups as he can get in there with the Tigre, you know. Oh, I don't doubt that. But what I would say to, just to, um, I just thought it was very interesting that, uh, That you know, all they did was just basically, you know, play a little cascarita, and he's like, "I mean, what were they going to do?" I mean, you know, they were there. Another coach was coming in. Yeah, um, he couldn't. He no couldn't. Point, yeah. No point in, 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 in doing anything other than just chilling. And, yeah, and they were also calling the players for him. Right. Right. Which is obvious to promote. I don't think he would call in a Pulido. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, uh, and then of course, you know, Memo said, you know, but with, uh, with, uh, with, with that, that's totally the way. I mean, of course it would because, you know, you know, that, that's trying to, you know, trying to implement some stuff and, you know that is uh, that is one my my one big takeaway Joela, uh, from this whole thing. Now, I know that they didn't get the goals in the uh, in, in the quarters and the semis that people were expecting, but but I, I thought overall I thought Mexico played really well. I thought that they that they had had they played with, with within themselves. They were much more patient than I've seen in a long time. Yes, and, uh, they just they just they they they, they 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 went out of their way. It seemed like to uh, to to not be frustrated, and I, and I think in the in the long run, I think it helped them very well. Yeah, it's, well, see, it's not always just having the three Gs. A lot of times it's also knowing how to overcome obstacles or, or just, you know, uh, pull wins, you know, get a win anywhere you can. And it's like, in the long run, no one's going to care. Um, I, and I think, again, the past I was lacking from X, uh, you know, they'll be getting outplayed, they'll get frustrated and, and they'll lose, you know, Focus and concentration, and end up with a red card, and and everything would just fall apart. Right, and uh, you know, it just and, and to me, you know, they generated plenty of scoring chances, and it wasn't like 
I mean, I would much rather, um, you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to struggle offensively, struggle offensively, at least get into the goal. Because, I mean, if you struggle offensively without even getting a crack off, then you have major problems. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not, and I'm not bringing this up to, to bash Chepel, even though I will. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, all I'm saying is that it was, it was, you know, that, that was, uh, that was Chepel's unfortunate, his biggest issue was they just, they just could not generate any offense at all. That, I mean, they, they played qualifiers in the Azteca without even getting a shot on goal. And uh, you can't do that. And that was the one thing that I thought that, uh, that was good with, uh, with Tata is it, and, and, and also this also, and you know, and it's, and, and it's not just happened under Chepo, it also happened under, under Asfolio a little bit. They, they, they just didn't generate any chances. And they were, it was, yeah. So here they, they, they generated plenty. And uh, I think that, they, that that's his thing. He's like, hey man, I'd much rather, you know, we generate and not score than not generate anything at all. So. Definitely some Tata influence there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it, uh, how it turns out. Hopefully the Federation will let them work and hopefully they'll let them work for eight years. Yeah, well, he he overcame the first obstacle, which was a Copa Oro, and he has that under under his belt now. And then uh, I'm sure they'll do good in the in the league, in the League of Nations. Yeah, their first game in the League of Nations uh, is not till October. Uh, the first uh, two. League of Nations dates. Uh, Mexico has bye, and uh, they'll be playing. Um, I believe uh, Bermuda at home, and then they're playing in Panama, and then in uh, November they're playing Panama at home, and then at Bermuda. So that's, uh, the, that's the one we need to go to. Joel is, is we need to get press passes for Mexico, Bermuda, and Bermuda. <laughs> Well, I think he lives in Mexico City, so I mean, he might go back for a vacation. Hey, hold you need, you need to back off your mic a little bit because you're a little over-modulated. What, what was that? It means that when you have a mic, too close to Oh. Yeah, that's what that means. Is this better? Yeah, much better, much better. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure he'll probably go back, uh, you know, for a little bit, but I mean, the, I mean, he lives in Mexico City, so, you know, he's going to have to start doing the, the tours and all that stuff. Yeah. Just watch him on TV, dude. Is it really necessary? <laughs> he well, pretty know, much already saw all the players he needs to see. Asco lived in Miami when he was coaching Mexico. Yeah, that would be good for Tata. Halfway to both. Exactly. Well, uh, we we talked Gold Cup, Concacaf, Liga MX. Is there, is there any 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 uh, transfer news, Joel, in the in the world that has uh, grabbed your attention? No, I mean Gio was obviously the big the big news just because um, you had all these rumors that. Uh, well, maybe not rumors, probably expectations. He would end up in, in China or Qatar or Malaysia or somewhere. And um, he ends up with America. 
Not too surprising, given that they had courted him before. But, I mean, Gio is still, he's one of those figures, you know, pretty polarizing. Um, well, you know, he has a really big chance, Hoy. Uh, uh, we talked about this a little bit with Ron. Uh, if, if if Gio is as polarizing as you, as you say he is, and I can't understand why people why why people think that he's but it, but anyway, <laughs> I guess that's why he's polarizing. But uh, yeah, he has a really good chance here to to be the to be the bad guy, and I, and I hope he runs with it. But you he know, can, you're right. La, but he's la peste negra de, de la Liga MX. <laughs> but he's also very popular. So I think uh, if he's playing good, well, Guatemala was very popular, and he was also the the, the villain. Yeah, well, the other one, and I don't know if it's been made, which was um, Renato Tapia, the Peruvian, who was in the Copa America right. final against Brazil. And I know Cruz Azul was after him, but I don't know if that's still happening. Yeah, that uh, that, that uh, Peru team was, was essentially a Liga Mekis team. There were four or five from Liga Mekis on that uh, on that Peru team. Yeah, so I mean, I heard, but I don't. I haven't seen it being official. Well, usually, what happens, Holland and in Copa Americas, like it, like has happened over the past two, is is whatever team kind of you know plays unexpectedly well, or and or like. Or, or wins it like Chile did and then Paraguay in 2011, all of a sudden, you know, Liga Mekis get, gets full of uh, players from those, from, from those particular countries. I mean, think, yeah. how, think how many Chileans have come into Liga Mekis since, since 20, uh, since 2015. A gigantic pile of them. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to start seeing a, a more of an influx of Peruvians. Yeah, and, and it'd be like quite a catch. He's 23. And, right. And it's not like, you know, and it's not like Peruvians have come into the Yamekis and not done well. I mean, there's a long list of Peruvians who have played extremely well in Liga Yamekis and have for, for, for years. Well, yeah, one of my favorite, Ruidas. Still, it still hurt me to see him go, John. Ruidas was good. I mean, we're, you know, if we go back to, you know, Tigres had uh, Barbadillo, was outstanding. Uh, we were talking about the Atlas. They had the Peruvian captain for, for, for ever in Chumpitas. Mm. And uh, you know Julio Cesar Uribe played in in uh, in, uh, in Mexico for a bit, as did. Uh, what was that? What was that team captain of Cruz Azul? He was a defender. <sighs> His name eludes me. You're killing me. <laughs> I can't remember. But you know who I'm talking not, about, right? Not, not the talisman. No, no, no. No, no, okay. He was... I think this, they had El Russo Adomaitis back then. Reynoso, oh, was so it? This, this was after. This was after my one. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember. His name was Reynoso? Yeah. So I, I, I just found that very interesting that... Uh, that the 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 that Peru with Liga Mekis players was able to uh, do as well as they did in uh, in Copa America. 
And, and, and actually, the match they had against Chile was outstanding. That was, that, that was the, the best match of the summer. Uh, of our summer of soccer, that was the best match, I thought. The, the Chile-Peru match, it was really good. It was, it was entertaining. And, and, you know, great goalkeeping on both sides. It was, uh, it was, uh, it, it was a good, uh, a good show to watch. I, it's Juan Reynoso, I remembered. He played from 94 to 2002. Oh, see, no wonder, because that was when Peru was in the, uh, they were like in the wilderness for, <laughs> for years. Yeah, but he's a good player. He's a really good quality player. Yeah, and then they had, uh, uh the guy that played for Pumas who's, who just passed away recently. El Cobra. Was a, was a Peruvian, uh, superstar. Played in the, the World Cup. Back then. Oh, man, I can't remember what his name is either. I don't know. So. It's been a it's been a long summer, Hoyt. It's been a long long summer of soccer so far. Now we can't remember these names, but what are you gonna do? And and how you how how you want to have that quiz, John? Well, I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to have to you know refresh, you know refresh myself, you know. It, uh, but uh, you know there, there, you know there, I think that there's there, there are some questions that I think that we'll have to ask. You know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a little uh, disappointed that we didn't get to do the uh, the thing I wanted to do with uh, with 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 Tapatio Tom when he came on our show was to have my as I have that the trash talking Juanita sit in, and then and then we were gonna uh, we were Tom and I were gonna alternate and and, and describe like like gut wrenching World Cup eliminations, and she was gonna guess. England or Mexico, you know, who had this gut wrenching World Cup elimination? Well, that sounds great. Because because both countries, frankly, have had just like the the worst luck <laughs> with the way that they lose matches in the World Cup. So, uh, and you know, of course, and she was she was going to be able to to identify her answers by either hitting. <laughs> So you know, but it unfortunately didn't happen. So we'll have to we'll have to come up with uh, we'll have to come up with uh, with, with, with with a way where we can incorporate the, all of our our assets here at the Cantina Mekis podcast to for our, our our upcoming trivia challenge. Our upcoming trivia challenge, which I think will be uh, see now the the other problem we have to run into Hoyle is that you know we can't have you know like if you ask a question you know who did Mexico play in their first World Cup match ever? And then, oh, well, uh, uh, who is that? Well, the guy's like looking it up on his phone. You know, we, we can't have that. You know, <laughs> so you have like five seconds? Yeah, you have to be able to answer like, like yeah, exactly within, within, within five, five to seven seconds. I, okay, I would, my answer is France. It is France. You're correct. You were correct. They got, they got whooped. They did get whooped. It was first World Cup game ever, if I'm not mistaken. In Uruguay. Yeah. yeah. Centenario Stadium. Exactly. They, uh, it was, uh, it was rough. All right. Before we go, do you think that, uh, uh, that the Lady Cemento, Lady Machina are going to, uh, are, are going to be, they're not going to be, uh, uh, giving us one of these? No, 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 no,
Or, or do you think no, man. Especially if they get that, that Perucho, man. He would join. Uh, they have what, Yotun, whatever. It's a weird name. They already have another Peruvian. Uh, I think they're one of the teams that's been working good. And they do have a Pelias. So that's, that's you know how offensive that is? Like we're Peruvians. <laughs> so I do think, uh, I do think Cruz Azul is going to be one of the teams fighting it out in the, you know. Cruz Azul, what, what about, uh, what wait, about didn't the, they get a Canadiense? Uh, they did, well, they're, they're talking about it. They're talking about getting, uh, who ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, I think he won the Golden Boot at the, oh. At the at the gold cup. Yeah, but what, the guy was at Puebla, right? Cavalini. Yeah, Cavalini. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's a very Elias type move. There. Yeah, it, was, um, it was Jonathan David with six goals that ended up. Oh. Getting it. Okay. Yeah, but but I mean, that would be a very, you know, Elias type. He likes to do those type of moves. Um, I sure hope, was, you're hoping you'll be pouring some water and not doing something else. Mm, oh, okay, good. That was water. All right. We're not, <laughs> I would not do that. Oh, All right. Respect of the cantina. Just check. Yeah. <laughs> check it. We well, had a guy do it once from the. Oh, it was terrible. From, we, we the earlier we, shows, they forgot their thing was on and. Yeah, I'll bet he forgot their their thing was on. We we knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> we knew exactly what was now. Uh, now, what about uh, what about uh, Chivas? Chivas, don't make me laugh. What, uh, what what should we expect from from Chivas? Chivas, um, I expect rumors of the team being sold to pop up again. Okay. Uh because. They just, the court, there was a court ruling not too long ago. And so, and so it was a fight between some of the socios because Chivas used to have socios and not all of the socios sold. It's a club. It's a club deportivo. It was a club. (laughs) It was not anymore. And and, uh, and 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 if I'm not mistaken, they they were suing for the rights to use the image of the of the team. Yeah, but they were so they lost. No, this one was that it wasn't uh, legal. That the way that the team was sold was not. Oh, okay, this is the, the okay. So this this is the different one. Okay, all right. With the image, they went around it. Uh, the whole imaging thing, they kind of went around it, and they call the team. Uh, you know, they did some things to go right. around it. Like they changed, they changed the name where it used to be uh, Club Deportivo. I, I, I confuse it because there's a CB and SA. This, well, there's SA de CB. Yes. Anonima, and then there's Asociación Civil, which is like the not for Right. Yeah. So they switched from ACE to SA. Right. Yeah. They did that. Such a Rooney. Oh, they didn't Not do too many people. They just registered it differently. So the so the so yeah. the, the SC <laughs> is like you know we get to use this thing too. But yeah, but so but, the, but that's they, on the they school, ended, up ruling, they ended up ruling in favor of Vergara is what ended up happening, correct? Yeah, but it, it, that that changed in the school though. If you look at the old uh, the old Chihuahua, right, it would say the AC, right? Uh, yeah, so that 
I think that that small switch was good enough. Uh, so, so basically now, uh, there's no longer a lawsuit. And when we, you know, before when there was rumors of who might buy the club, that was one of the things that was holding back any negotiations. No one was going to try to buy something when they're in, you know, there's all these lawsuits tied to the club. Right. So, so that was one of the big ones. So now that's out of the way. And Vergara had recently um, settled some things with Angelica because she still had, she still had in her possession like stocks and like documents. And so he had to like, like buy them from her. So that's, that's the other thing. Uh, so I, I do think Chivas is in a position to sell. And I think they're going to sell because they have no money. They just, no money at all. They haven't really gotten any, uh, their transfers have all been players that came for free, you know. Mm-hmm. They weren't in contract. Same with um, with Oribe, which is the big signing. But America pretty much just, you know, let them take them for free. Right. Which uh, I, I think is tied to TV deals, huh? And pay half a salary. Yeah, and, pay, and paying half the salary. I'm like, so he's damn. Basically he's basically on loan. He's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so, so okay, aside from all that. That so, would look bad, though. Imagine if, if you know, if they really call it what it was, and it would look so bad to see that uh, right. America has Uribe on loan from, I mean, Chivas has, has Uribe. <laughs> Uh, so they had so, to call it a transfer. Aside from all the all the all the all the off off the field stuff, which obviously is a lot, and it's going to put you know Vergara can finally, like you said, you know, you know, possibly make some moves. Where does that leave the team on the field? Well, I, I do think that seeing how the the team started last season with Cardoso and and they rocketed to the top of the to the top of the table, and they were there for a good while. You know, I think it's a team that it's not as bad as it ended up looking. It, it shows that it has some fight. So I do think that they could, they could not, not be at the top of the table, but they could fight for like that eighth place, sneak in in that seven, eighth place, which it's, it's not that, you know, it's, it, we always see at the end of the season, we always see this handful of teams that still have a chance right. to make it. So yeah, I wouldn't discount Chivas. They have, they have some, some good players there. Uh, some of the other players have been with the club long enough. So I think, uh, you know, Briseño, they brought back Alanis. Uh, and then they have, um, um, from last season, Mier and their other kid from Pumas, Pan Ranking. Oh, he had a drop, but if he plays good, he'll be a good asset. Uh, and then trophies, we're beginning to see uh, some sparks there. It looks like Boy is lighting the fire in his arse. So let's hope that, you know, we will see this season. Uh, Vega, this will be his second season. Alexis with Chivas, maybe he'll be better, better settled in. Uh, but I think some of these guys, some of these attacking guys, even even Pulido could benefit from having the leadership of of um, 
Hermoso right there. So yeah, I don't expect Hermoso to carry the team, but to be like, a, you know, like a spark plug right there. You know, to help power the team. So uh, a positive influence on Chivas will be the uh, the uh, end result of the Oribe Peralta tenure with El Arrebaño Sagrado. And Joel, Joel Aceves today, on on this day, the 11th of July of this year, our Lord, 2019, proclaims that Chivas has a chance to make, make to sneak into the Liguilla with, uh, with, with a good end, 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 end to season run. We'll see how it, uh, how, how it plays out. And, uh, so is there, is there any team who do you think that could, uh, that could surprise here in Liga Mekis? Hmm. Uh, no, I don't see. No, like the way Leon did. Right. I, I, yeah, I don't see it. I do not see it. Um, no, sir. No, so, I do not. So we're talking, we're talking Tigres, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, America. Those four under Liguilla, a fuerzas. Toluca. Well, Pumas, who knows, man? They might. Now that you mention Pumas, um, and they have the Michel, and let's see what type of influence he is. You know, I don't like to look at preseason results. So there's there's nothing there's nothing I can take from the fact that Pumas beat America three zero the other day. <laughs> that does that does nothing for you, John. No, no. I mean, how can it? I mean, how can you get excited about something? I mean, seriously, it's like, you know. I mean, I think that you know, you know, do you know, see, seeing the score printed on paper, you know, is is you know, is you see they go, oh, you go, oh, okay. But then realizing it's a, it's just like a it's just a meaningless preseason game. It's like nah, it's, there's there's just there's just nothing, nothing there, nothing there. It's just very uh, there's yeah. I just I can't. Uh, no. You know Pumas. Uh, you know they, they did bring in a couple of interesting players. They have a you know a general manager now who you know at least has. In a kind of a better grasp of, of what could possibly go on, you know, like you said, they have a coach in Michel who, uh, you know, at the very least, you know, is a, is 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 a seasoned coach. Well, you know, he has some experience in Liga MX as a player, but none not as a coach. So we'll see how that pans out. I was watching uh, interviews with players saying how they'd like to just you know just everything that they do is, is completely different than what they used to do before. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that plays out for. For Pumas, I mean, it's uh, you know, you know, uh, you know. Again, I think uh, you know, kind of like 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 Joel with Chivas. I think if Pumas can sneak into the Liga at the end, of, you know, if, if if they can somehow you know stay within that within that realm of of, of having an opportunity to, to make the Liga, then I think that's that's really for a Pumas fan at this point, which saddens me. I think it saddens you know Chivas fans too that you know hoping for a Liga spot is is. Uh, is it would be considered a successful season? Maybe more so for Chivas fans than than, than Pumas fans. I, I would say more so for, uh, mm. for Chivas fans. I think Chivas fans are devastated that they're when people are talking about like the big teams in the Liga MX right now. They say there's there's America, 
en el Tigres, en el Monterrey, en el Cruz Azul. Chivas, no really. Pumas, forget it. So, we'll see how it, uh, how it plays out, Juan. It's, uh, I will actually be in Mexico City next week. Are you gonna, oh, how long are you staying? Uh, for a few days. For a few days, have a, have a reunion to go to. And uh, should be a lot of fun. I get to see people uh, again that I saw at our last reunion that uh, you know I've seen twice in 30 years. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing some of these folks. Just looking forward to being in Mexico City. And also be uh, my wife's uh, first time in Mexico City. So she should have a should have a very good time. So it should be a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Nos vamos a quedar en Polanco, güey. <laughs> so it should be uh, it it, uh, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. But uh, Joel, uh, probably a good spot for us to wrap it up here in the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, uh, but before we go, any 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 final thoughts, Joel? Is there any 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 final salvo you want to throw? Any, 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 any bomb you want to drop here at the end? No, I mean, I'm still as a Chihuahua fan and to fellow Chivistas, something to look out for. Uh, there was some rumors a few weeks back, uh, and I don't know if it's so much rumors as maybe maybe the media uh, or a section of the media pushing for this, and that was uh, Urdiales, the former, the former Monterrey president, uh, as they were touting him to replace Higuera. And they were saying that's a person that could, that could help write the ship because, uh, a Maori, you know, not much experience when it comes to football. And he's with, um, God damn, I forget his name. Whatever his face is. Um, <laughs> the guy that Higuera brought in, uh, Jeez, I suck at this, John. Who's the, who's the guy right now? Who's oh, Tomas Boyce? No, 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 not the not the coach. Um, he's the GM. Well, GM's a Maori right now, isn't it? No, no, Maori's the the president. See, well, that that's the problem. It's like, 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 why have two? Two what? I mean, what is the difference between the president and the GM? Oh. Well, the general manager, president is just, you know, president is, he oversees other things. General manager sort of overlooks the team, the squad. Exactly. No, no, but see, they're saying that the guy that's in right now. um, Oh, it's an interim. Not interim, but, but there's not that much faith in him. And I think Higuera's the guy that brought him in. So his days might be numbered. Oh well, there's no question that that's that's going to be the case. But I can't remember his name. Uh, it's driving me crazy right now. Hold on, give me a second. Yeah, there's only there's only some way you can figure that out. So 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 Joel has. Will there be a point, Joel, where uh, where after a loss, the uh, the, the Chiarmanos are going <laughs> to, or are they going to have a pretty pretty relaxing season no it's gonna be uh, it should be turbulent turbulent yeah 
So it, it's going to be like 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 dating the crazy girlfriend. Yes. Oof. One wow. day you. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Um. That's interesting. We'll have to see how that plays out. Do, do you have the name yet, Hawaii? Because we need we need to we need to get off the air here. Man, I don't. I don't. Ah <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He's he's been with Chivas twice. And uh I can't remember this guy's name. Times failed miserably. I was just looking at his face not too long ago. I was reading an article. And uh Yeah, because he was part of a you know, he, he helped bring in some of the other guys, but he had been working with, with, um, damn, I'm at a loss for words, John. He, he had represented some of the players, so they were saying that it was causing some problems, you know? Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just save it for next, for the next one. I'll let it come to me. So is, is it true, Joel, that, that, that fans went to the Minerva to celebrate his 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 uh, his departure? You get his departure? I don't know. I, I mean, I I saw it on the Twitter sphere, and uh, I didn't pay much attention to it. I could I could assume some would go, but. It's like I didn't like the guy. Um, I didn't like the guy, but it's like you can't blame him for everything that went on with Chivas. It wasn't some of the some of the faults was with um, with Vergara, you know, who who irrational, as we've seen in the past. Well, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like we don't keep an eye on them every week. I mean, it's what honestly, it's it's the biggest novella in uh, in Liga Mekis because uh, it's just so uh, it's just so interesting. You would think that uh, that Televisa and Chivas, with all the drama that uh, that they have, you know, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's just a great story every week to uh, to follow Chivas. It always it always cracks me up. It always cracks me up. So Joel, uh, thank you very much for joining us. So uh, uh, one last thing: do you, do you think Gio has it in him to be the villain? In, uh, in I don't game? think he's gonna be a villain as much as a meme. <laughs> you know, they're gonna do the whole drunk Gio. Uh, so I do think fans are going to rib them. And I do think they're going to, you know, similar to how they were doing to Fabian. Uh, but I think if he starts playing well, people will forget and he's going to be popular Gio once again. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think Gio wants to play poorly, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that, you know, if, if, if Gio is looking to slow down, I think Liga Mekis is absolutely perfect for him. Because it's a especially playing in Mexico City. You're not running up and down the field. You know, it's a much slower pace of play, and uh, you know where, where he can excel is, is in spurts, 
and you know he's still outstanding on the ball. So it's not it's not like he like like any of those skills have diminished. It uh, it, uh, it, it, it he could he could he could very well play himself back onto the uh, national team very quickly if he has a a good uh, a good spell with America. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, and plus he's 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 worked with Bjorko before. Yes, he has. So that's that's another plus. A, a, a ver si Piojo lo puede rescatar. <laughs> All right, Joel, well, it was a pleasure here on the Cantina MX podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Yes, always a pleasure, John. And uh, thank you guys very much for joining us here uh, live on our YouTube. And again, you can listen to this and previous editions of our podcast from many of our, any of our rather, uh, podcast uh, distributors there's a bunch of them so uh, if, if there's a particular one that you like using chances are you can download us from that service uh, my name is john jagu for Juan Aceves, uh, joining us want to uh, say thank you and farewell and we will talk to you guys later on bye-bye